welcome back to the film podcast to relax slash study two this is our the last of us episode part one covering the first three episodes um unfortunately i am a gamer so i do i have played both of the games but you have not no your gaming is limited to mario kart playing as wario yeah and tetris those are my games Nice. Haven't played this game. Good selection. Don't know anything about it, really. So that's a good dynamic to go into this with. We get someone fresh, someone who knows what's going on, has seen it. Has played it. Sort of like Joel and Ellie themselves in the show. I guess A grizzled man and a woman who's just seeing the world for the first time. Sure. (laughs) I guess that's a good analogy. Anyway, so going into this show... I just want to know, like, you know, it's a game adaptation. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting before you've seen anything of episode one? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't like I hadn't. Yeah, like I'm not familiar with the game at all. Hadn't played it. Really don't know much about it anyway, just in general. I don't know. Sometimes like I'm a little bit skeptical about video game adaptations to like movies and television because sometimes they're all bad so far yeah like i'm trying to think of something that was good and i don't know that i can really like identify anything that has been successfully adapted you know and like not i mean i'm not a gamer and like nothing against gaming but i mean like i think video games kind of tell their own stories anyway and like you don't necessarily need to adapt them into like TV or movies and they kind of like work on their own as their own like storytelling devices um, that don't really need to be like redone in this kind of a format. So yeah, I don't know, like maybe my expectations were just low just because like I haven't really seen anything else done successfully um yeah (laughs) what about you i mean you played the game so like what did you think about this being adapted into a tv series like were you hopeful were you afraid that it might get ruined like did you enjoy playing the game what was that experience like yeah well we can talk about that as we go i would say and we'll get into it more like especially when we do we'll come back and do the finale because that'll be a very big discussion point but the first game i don't my opinion on the first game is it's fine perfectly fine game like good voice acting and Mm. performances and then like a really good ending yeah like the entire time i played the first game i was very it came out like when walking dead was huge okay zombie stuff was huge so at that time i was like cynical about it and i was like the walking dead sucks Mm. zombie stuff is stupid why is this game about zombies did you watch the walking dead i watched it to a point yeah okay i didn't watch any of it i was into it at (laughs) first but then i just thought it was such a dumb show after a certain point okay interesting did what made you think it was i know this is like not we're supposed to be talking about but i'm just interested like when did you lose interest in the walking dead was it just like too many people were dying or was it just like unrealistic that people would survive for so long? Or? Yeah, I think it was probably, it wasn't I don't or have like, a problem with the surviving stuff because it's just like it's a show, you know? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to keep the characters that are popular to a degree, I guess. I don't know. But like, I guess people just die in that show. I would say like season four, I dropped off of Walking Dead. Mm. I think that's the season. 
Um, but I was like, I guess I was like, maybe I'm trying to be too cool because I did read some of the comics mm. when it first started. But then it had that thing where it, it just introduces characters to kill them. And it's like, okay, this character who was a background character is getting development in this episode. So they're going to die at the end. Mm-hmm. It was like such sloppy writing like that. Okay. And that's when I dropped off. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, playing the first game, I was like, I know exactly how this story is going to go the entire time I was playing it. Okay. And it was like, it is very, you know, a well, good execution of tropes, but it is tropey. I okay. think the game is like, I think this show is sort of sub- doing some more interesting stuff maybe. Okay. Um, so I thought, I know exactly how this is going to go. And I got to the ending and I was like, hmm. I have no idea how to think about the ending. Oh, like, so it wasn't what you expected. Yeah, it was completely. Oh, okay. Uh, caught me off guard. And that changed my opinion of the whole story. Mm-hmm. And then the second game I like a lot. I think it's way more interesting, but we'll talk about that much later. Okay. Um. So going into this show, I was like, yeah, this doesn't need to be adapted. It's like basically a cash grab. Mm-hmm. But they got such good actors yeah. and like people behind it. I was like, okay, it's probably actually going to be good yeah, because of the people and the money they're putting behind it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the game itself is sort of supposed to be styled as it is as like a prestige TV show mm-hmm. and it's delivered in the way a prestige TV show would be delivered. Um, so that's why it doesn't really need to be adapted. And that's also makes it easy to adapt okay, because it's already set up in a lot of ways. And some scenes in the show are shot for shot. From the game yeah and some sh- some i mean for me who's never played the game there's there's certain shots like particularly in the first episode that feel like a video game and i don't mean that yeah. in a negative way but i think it's just like the point of view of how things are being shot like the scene in the car yeah. when the outbreak first hits like that reminded me a lot of like back in the day playing like grand theft auto like miami vice you know, with friends, like where you're just like, I mean, that was like me playing, playing or not Miami Vice, Vice City. What was it? Yeah, Is that Vice what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Whoops. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, but that was like always my strategy. Like I would just want to like listen to the music and like run people over. Very cool. Um, And <laughs> not really play the game. Like that's what it was for me. So like, anyway, so that scene in The Last of Us just remind had that sort of like video game feel because you're sort of the camera's like POV looking out the windscreen of the car at all the people like running around as the driver's trying to like whatever weave through the streets. And so like that to me like felt very like video game-esque. But like I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean like more in a stylistic way. So yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was what they were going for, but I see what you're saying yeah. with the camera angle. Um, yeah, so we get into the first episode. I think, I assume a lot of people who didn't play the game will be caught off guard by the first half of the sec- first episode. Yeah. They have their expectations established and then totally flipped over. I was shocked. I mean, I didn't think that, um, <laughs> well, I guess we should mention there's tons of spoilers. We're just going to talk about everything yeah. that happened in the first three episodes. But, uh, yeah, I didn't expect the daughter to die. I was surprised <laughs> by that. So, yeah, during that part, did you think like this is a main character, Sarah, this daughter, and it's going to continue? There's no time jump. Yeah, I didn't. Going. I didn't. I guess I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think there would be again, like because I'm not familiar with the game at all. Like I didn't expect the time jump. I didn't expect the daughter to die. I thought it would be more, um, almost like a road trip 
story, like the father-daughter kind of driving down the road or, you know what I mean, sort of fleeing their town and like driving to some, I don't know, like safe zone or something. And it's sort of like the encounters along the way type of thing, which I guess is like a bit like what the story has turned into. But yeah, you've got the time jump and then you've got the Ellie character. And so it's like a little bit different I guess than what I was expecting because yeah like the daughter and I mean (laughs) she was very good (laughs) so like hopefully what's the actor's name Nico Parker yeah I thought she was great so hopefully we see her in other stuff (laughs) she can roll this into a her next show yeah great great work wish we got to see more of you uh yeah that first you know 45 minutes of the first episode the game starts with her waking up at night and you play as her and Joel's already gone and then oh. things start to fall apart. So that first part where she's like trying to make pancakes and going to the city yeah. is not in the game. I thought that whole, I won't say too much, but there's like some very nice pieces of dialogue in that part that sort of hint towards part of the Pedro Pascal character's mm. flaws where he's very dependent on his daughter in that part. She like wakes him up. She makes breakfast. Mm -hmm. She fixes his watch. Yeah. He doesn't function properly without his daughter, Mm -hmm. which I think comes in later, as you will see as the story goes. Mm. Okay. Interesting. So I think they did some nice setup there. Okay. The way that character goes. I guess, what do you sort of think of the other characters that are introduced? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone dies. Yeah, I know. That's an issue (laughs) as well. But I do think, yeah, Tess dying. Yeah. I mean, again, like Tess. Which I think was a very good performance. Yeah, yeah, great great performance. performance. I liked her character. I mean, I guess we see her in like a flashback in the third episode, so I don't know that we'll see her again in a flashback. Probably not. Or maybe, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like, again, like I like her character, but then we lose her, so... But I think like the world building is pretty cool, like in terms of the time jump and like living in these quarantine zones and like what the sort of day to day life is. Um, for the I guess the people who have survived this um, outbreak. So do you find the mushroom virus element like differentiates it enough from other zombie stuff for you? Or do you think it's just sort of like color there? It's not that significant. Um, Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I guess like partly just because we've just been through COVID or we're sort of sort of in sort of out of a pandemic ourselves. So I think it sort of in a way like feels, you know, obviously this video game had already been made and um, it's just sort of like a coincidence in terms of like the time we're mm-hmm. living through. But like having like a massive outbreak of some sort of viral thing is like, and feels a bit more real, I guess, like than other zombie things where it's like, I don't know what they did in the walking dead. Like how is the zombiness spread? Unclear in that show. Yeah. And especially in that show, because, and I think, in that show, the zombies are stupid. They just shamble along. And I mm-hmm. think the strength of this, and it sort of reminds you directly of 28 Days Later. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, um, like 28 Days Later. And that was also like a viral, a viral thing. So I think, yeah, like I think um, 
having like a kind of a scarier zombie makes it a little bit better. And I think, yeah, because it's this like global outbreak as well, like sort of feels similar (laughs) in certain ways to, you know, what we've been living through the past three years, I guess, and like quarantine zones and, (laughs) you know, like identifying who's sick and like staying away from them. I don't know. Anyway, I think that, yeah, again, it's just like a coincidence, I guess, but you know, yeah, I, I like, I kind of like it. I think it's, yeah. And I think also because it's like, um, like it's something organic, right? Like the, like whatever the cordyceps, thing is like like an organic thing in a way like again it just feels like it feels more real like when you have outbreaks in animals that transfers to humans like you know Mm -hmm. anyway so so this again like it's sort of like a deviation in nature that's spread to humans and then like spreads globally yeah like it just feels a bit like grounded in reality even though it's obviously like a a zombie thing or a horror thing kind of yeah i think the game doesn't dwell on at all on how it spread mm-hmm. or like what the outbreak was caused by or how it happened and i think the show makes it a lot scarier by tying it into like climate change yeah and sort of putting that nugget in there of like oh the earth's getting warmer that's how this happened and yeah it's happening right now in yeah. real life and then having it be in food and sort of i think a lot of people now as well as in addition to COVID, are thinking about like global food supply more yeah. as a thing that impacts your daily life. Well, completely. And we, we see it like yeah. with outbreaks in animals or with like outbreaks in conflict as well. And that disrupts global supply chains for yeah. food and whatever. So, so that all those elements come together to make, I think, the whole virus much scarier yeah. in the show. And much more like real feeling rather than it's just whatever, like the undead or Mm -hmm. something that's a bit more like not grounded in something that is feels like it is really happening or sort of like taking it a step further from something that's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. So first two episodes, aside from Tess, the sort of other major characters that are introduced are Ellie and Marlene. Marlene is like the leader. Oh, the, the resistance. Yeah. yeah. So anything that you latched on there with them? Um, Marlene I mean, will be back later. Mm, and okay. she's also, I believe, played by the voice actress who played her character in the game. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll see. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I got that much of a feel for her in that one episode, but um, yeah, like the Ellie character is fun, like the sassy teen. And it's sort of interesting. Like, it'll be interesting to see what happens to her character. Like, I think there's going to be more there. Um, But uh, yeah, like she's a good foil for Joel. Um, like the two of them together, the sort of like buddy comedy of them together and sort of yeah. riffing and stuff is fun. And it's very like classic works character who, like I joked at the beginning of the episode, character who knows the world, character who doesn't, mm-hmm. character who doesn't asking questions that the audience wants answered and is discovering things for themselves for the yeah. first time, which makes it interesting for the audience as well. Mm-hmm. It's like very, like that's maybe a trope, but it's like well executed. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and I think they, the two actors, like, play well off of each other, yeah. too. Um, so it's, like, fun seeing them do scenes together and stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. Be good. Obviously, like third episode, yeah. huge on social media. I know people away. I was shook. The outlines of all that is sort of in the game. Yeah, but I would say it's definitely the most adapted part. Like the biggest change they've made. And right. Like a, I think it's a great change. Yeah. Like way better. So in the game, the characters exist, but you don't get any of that backstory, you or don't get any of the backstory. Yeah. It's clear okay. that they're like, it's sort, and it's not even like overt. Mm. Sort of hinted at they're gay. Mm-hmm. They're a couple, mm-hmm. but it's not over it at all. But the same idea of like the town with traps, mm-hmm. Bill, the character, the survivalist. Yeah. That's in there. Yeah. But I think, yeah, making this change is very good because it adds a real moment of like, I think it makes the whole story better to add an actual like successful relationship and like people with who actually had hope mm-hmm. and like a good life yeah. together, which contrasts against everything else that's going to happen. And has happened. <laughs> so I think that uh, was a great change for like the feel of the story. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to like just expand the world because I guess like the majority of the story, we're just going to be with Joel and Ellie as they like go on their journey. Um, so it's kind of like nice to expand the story. And then because like Joel and Tess knew these guys and like you kind of get like in the first episode when Tess is listening to the radio and she's talking about like, the different songs on the radio and what their meanings are and sort of alludes to like her friend or whatever. And then we get to meet um, the Frank character who's the one who's been communicating with her. So it kind of like ties that in nicely. Like they, I guess they kind of set it up a bit in the first episode. Um, But yeah, it's sort of like, they're not just like two random characters. Like they are connected to the, to like your main characters. Um, but you have this whole other like nice side story um, of their relationship. And I guess like, you know, just like exploring the ideas of like the like the loneliness and isolation, like the sort of human element of like living through this kind of like zombie apocalypse. And I guess like, again, like just thinking about COVID, a lot of that's relatable, right? Because like people were completely isolated you couldn't see family or friends for so long. You were sort of alone just trying to survive. And the idea, I guess, of like letting somebody into your life and like trusting them and stuff is nice. Like, especially, yeah, when at times like we couldn't see anybody mm-hmm. and you sort of didn't know what was going to happen. So, um, yeah, like, again, it's it kind of like ties in nicely to like what we've been living through for the past few years. Um, but yeah, I love this. I love this story. I was so sad with how it all went down at the end of it though. But yeah, it was like a very heartfelt, um, (laughs) episode and, um, you know, in a, in a show that sort of like leans into like action, dystopia, sci-fi kind of. So 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like very heartfelt. I mean, like even in the way it was like shot, you know, like it sort of had those like, I don't know, like in the way it's like lit and shot, like this very sort of like romantic glow to a lot of the scenes, like the scenes of the home is like very cozy and you've always got like sort of the dappled sunlight of them, like in the garden or like coming in through the windows or whatever. Like when you contrast it to like how Joel was living in his like freaking hovel. Yeah. It it like feels like it feels like it's shot like a romance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. It was a really great episode. And I think like, a like a, just like a cool creative choice in terms of like including that in the story. Mm-hmm. For sure. I could definitely see both those actors, Nick Offerman and uh, Murray Bartlett, getting some awards love. Yeah, maybe. Because I think people will really latch on to like the single episode performance. Yeah, for um, sure. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, I just want Murray Bartlett to like live through a series. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> HBO. He's yeah, it's like White Lotus and now this one. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, I like, I enjoy watching his performances. I think he's like a great actor. Um, yeah. Just like next time, let's let him just like live till the end. Yeah. Next Please, show. <laughs> let him be the hero. Yeah. Um. So episode three done sort of ends with like, I guess the first three episodes are a good little arc. Mm-hmm. encapsulation because it sort of ends with Joel making the decision to commit mm-hmm. to take Ellie where she needs to go. Yeah. Basically with the letter from um, Bill at the end. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some, I sort of saw, sort of saw like a New York times article that was sort of like is dumb, like an opinion piece. Okay. Anyway, what critis- did it say? Just criticizing. It's like, Oh, last of us is very conservative. And oh, like masculinity and sort of like the Bill and Joel characters are the male protectors, mm-hmm. traditionally male protectors. Mm-hmm. I would say that's another thing, too, that the show sort of establishes and then upsets by the end, mm-hmm. which makes it more interesting. Like I wouldn't. The male protector trope is sort of like twisted mm-hmm. in different ways throughout. I guess we sort of already covered this, but where do you see it going? What is your sort of feel for it? The story. Oh, the characters, the I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I guess like Joel's brother is going to make a comeback at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that'll be interesting. I mean, like, yeah. And I guess also just like learning more about Ellie. I mean, I guess I have a feeling like in terms of like flipping the tropes, like she is going to be a protector of Joel in a way. So I'm sure that there'll be something that'll happen where she's going to have to sort of save him. Um. yeah we'll see and I guess like learning more about this like Firefly group and like sort of what their motivations are and I guess it's like if you play the video game you probably know the answers to all of this so yeah, you probably but, know but like I don't because <laughs> I haven't played and I probably never will yeah but that's why I'm just interested in your oh like I'm not asking these are none of these are gotcha questions mm. either just like I like to see your perspective at certain points in the story what your read is on certain things Anyway, you gave that, me an that's yeah, that's my answer. I don't know, but I guess like also the third episode was such a sort of deviation from yeah. what I thought the show was going to be. Like maybe there'll be something else like that. 
Um, There's a very, like in a future episode where we kind of get like a bit of a spinoff to like yeah. tangential characters or whatever. Um, so maybe there'll be like another one of those coming up. So There's a very curious scene in the third episode at the beginning where Ellie goes into the basement mm-hmm. and finds that crushed zombie. Yeah. And stabs it very angrily. Yeah. What's the read on that? Because that's not, I don't, that's not in the game. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know like, what do you read on that from about the character? Because like, she's angry. Oh, I thought it was like a mercy kill. Okay. I because sort of... she knew that like, well, first of all, like the zombie person is like a threat to them. Second of all, they're like, trapped under the rubble and they're a zombie so like i don't know that life's gotta suck so i sort of saw it as like a mercy killing <laughs> but what did you well i thought the way that she like cuts it open and stabs it mm. was very angry yeah so i don't really have a i could see some ways that it could tie into things later mm-hmm. but it was just a cool scene couldn't really figure out what they're going for yet mm-hmm. with that anyway just wanted to see what you thought about that that was my thought but yeah i guess you make a good point like her sort of cutting the forehead first but i thought maybe it was like a mercy killing just because she knew like well it's a this person's a threat but also they're trapped and i assume that they would just very slowly die but also like maybe they're i don't know not fully zombified so they have like some understanding of like what they were yeah she does seem to have like a obsession with like the fact that they're still human yeah underneath mm-hmm. like this thing is yeah taking over your brain but like underneath it you're still the person that you once were and yeah yeah okay that's all i got okay i got a few more okay things to say what else you have interested again on your perspective the game what do you think you're doing in the game how do you think it's structured no idea but i feel like my like as you said at the beginning like my video game experience like extends to like mario kart and tetris it's like racing around a track or like building cube structures so like i feel like video games are just like so advanced to to, to, like beyond the point of like my even comprehension so i don't know how this is a video game i just like cannot understand in my brain but so that's why why it's interesting maybe tell me (laughs) i don't know i don't know i want to tell you anything i'm just like that's why i'm interested in like what you picture when your head when I don't know, but that's what I mean. Like, I feel like my, when I think of video games, I'm like Mario Kart, drive around in a circle. Like, but I know that like video games are just like so advanced and they are, um, yeah, like they are like little movies in themselves and little stories in themselves. Like, I guess like years ago at an old job of mine, we had like a sponsorship with Ubisoft and I got to visit their Toronto studio And it is so cool. Like the space is so cool. We saw like, anyway, we went around the studio. We saw like the motion capture stuff that they do. Like it's, it's like a movie studio. I mean, just in terms of like the space and equipment and stuff, like it's huge. So that was like a very cool experience for someone who's like not a video game player, but just like to see that the facilities they have there was like so cool. So like I, I appreciate like how much work, um, 
is put into like creating something like this and just like what you were saying about like the voice actor of the Firefly Lady is the actor in the show. You know, like you've got real talent behind um, mm. like actor. behind, yeah, like the characters in the game and then like the song used in the show is the same song in the game, right? And that's yeah. like an Oscar-winning composer who did yeah. that music. So yeah, there's like so much talent and work put into this kind of stuff and like all of these like branching narratives and stuff like, but yeah, I don't, I just like, I don't know, like I'm not a video game player, so I can't like quite picture like what your objective is or like what the gameplay is like, because you were saying like in the game you start as the daughter, Sarah, right? But then mm. you're playing a different character, like you're Joel or yeah, like. plays Joel for most of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Cool. I just want to ask because it's always. I bet it's cool though, but. <laughs> just, I'm always intrigued. Yeah. By your perspective. Um. Yeah. The mocap studio mm-hmm. with having real actors come in. You have a director. You shoot yeah. it. That was like basically created and sort of pioneered by the people who made Last of Us. What's the game studio? Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog, right. Okay. So they were like the first people to do it and mm. the first people to have a mocap studio in-house. Okay. And so they sort of like kicked that off. And then I guess like other, like Ubisoft and like other yeah. gaming companies kind of did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually, Naughty Dog is in Santa Monica. So mm. we drove by their offices like multiple times. Oh, is that the place you wanted to walk past yeah, and we never that did? Yeah, village where there's like a oh. bunch of different tech companies. Yeah, that would have been cool. Although I just feel like... This, that was like a hell area. Yeah, so. like south of the <laughs> south of our hotel was like a hellscape and then yeah. north of our hotel was like beautiful. Yeah, so <laughs> we're not going south. No, not, not on foot anyway. Yeah, it was yeah. like very scary south. Um, but I bet like that area where the, the studio is, is probably really nice. Yeah. I think there was like a water park, but yeah, it was just like getting, get getting to. there would have been like, yeah, yeah, wouldn't have been very nice. So, but did we pass it in an Uber or something? Yeah. yeah okay. But it's just, I couldn't even like see it really. It just oh, looks okay. like an office building. Anyway. Uh, do you know Crash Bandicoot? The video game? Yeah. I'm familiar. Same studio. Oh, so there cool. you go. Fun fact. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, we've covered mostly everything. Mm-hmm. Only last thing I sort of have to say is it's like very interesting to me that the show is getting so popular. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically at House of the Dragon numbers. Mm. Okay. So it's popping off, which will be very interesting because the ending is obviously like a engine for discourse. Okay. Lots of takes going to be coming out. Yeah. Lots of discussion on the ending. So do you think like the audience is like obviously like People who play the game, I would assume, would be like your sort of primary audience. I don't think so. No? Because I think the game, because it's already structured like a TV show and shot like a prestige TV show in a way, it sort of already accomplished the goal of the TV show. Mm -hmm. So I think the TV show is meant to like broaden the audience specifically for the franchise. Interesting. But go ahead with your original point. Oh, I'm just wondering because like, I also just think of like, um, yeah, like if, if like the players of this game aren't the primary audience, like how are they sort of reaching the wider audience? Because I don't know that I would have necessarily watched it if you hadn't been so adamant about us watching it hmm. because I didn't play the game. So like maybe I would have 
come around to it eventually, like after like reading more about it. But I think like initially I wasn't, not that I didn't think I would like it, but I guess like I just wasn't that keen on it because I didn't have the reference point from the Mm -hmm. game. So that's what I mean. Like, I just wonder how like the audience is broadening. Like, do you think it's more due to just like organic, like word of mouth or like press about the show or... I think it's those things. I think it's Pedro Pascal's attached. Mm, like think, people think he's a hottie or? Oh, he's very popular. I yeah. Think. Mandalorian. Oh, right. You know, of course. Game of Thrones. So yeah. he brings in all those people. Mm-hmm. And then I think Craig Mazin coming off Chernobyl also oh, brings right. a huge. Oh, right. Yes. True, true. So I think those names attached to it. Okay. And then Good I think point. it's just like last uh, Walking Dead just ended. It's mm-hmm. dead. So there's sort of like a whole. Avoid a in the zombie game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. And yeah, then, I guess that's true. You know, it's well made. So yeah. And HBO yeah. gives it prestige as well. So I think those things are drawing in new people. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess like I've also heard just talk about like the Sunday night time slot as like that sort of that sort of like Sunday nine PM time slot is like where you you know, it's like succession, it's House of the Dragon, yeah, it's Game of, of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of yeah, like it's equating it with, you know, Game of Thrones and Succession. So people. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's like the show you watch. If it's at this time, you know, it sort of says something about how I guess HBO is positioning the show. So. Yeah. Anyway, so it's getting very popular. Mm-hmm. Ending will be controversial of Ooh, season one. Can't and wait. Then I honestly can't. And we'll go over this like on the when we do the finale episode i can't think of a single sequel to anything that's more controversial than the second game and we'll go over all the angles through which it's controversial but whoa it's like a nuke controversy nuke the second game okay Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see that adapted and you played both games yeah yeah okay well can't wait to keep the journey going there we go last of us thank you for joining us goodbye Bye.